Well, again, good morning, Clear Creek family. I hope that you are having a great day today because this is, like every other day, the day that the Lord has made, and He gives us this opportunity to rejoice and be glad in it. But again, wherever you're coming from, we get to do this together. And today, we're going to continue our series called Awaken, which is a 30-day journey, really, Uh, inviting God into our lives and awakening to the presence and the purpose of God for us and for our city. And if there's ever been a time where we needed to be praying and leaning into God, I don't know what it is more than now. And so I want to bring you back to Luke chapter 10 for a passage and a message that I believe will bring encouragement and purpose even while you may be stuck at home. So let's continue again. Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 1, it says this. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. And he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And in verse 9, it says this, Heal the sick who are there among them. And tell them the kingdom of God has come near. I want to entitle this message, Awaken to Our Commission and Our Community. Awaken to Our Commission and Our Community. Would you just pray with me? Father, we pray that even in this uncertain time, you would awaken us to our commission and to our community. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to show you three things from this passage that I found very encouraging this week, and I hope they are encouraging to you as well. The first thing I want you to notice here is that Jesus has appointed us. Jesus has appointed all of us. Notice in verse 1 it says that Jesus, or the Lord, appointed 72 others and sent them out. And now I know as soon as we read that we think, well, now, Josh, I'm not one of the 72. Jesus did not appoint me, but I would beg to differ. If we read just a few chapters ahead to Luke, excuse me, to Acts chapter 17, Acts is the story of the church. Luke is the story of Jesus. And then the same author, Luke, writes the book of Acts, which is the story of the church. And so in Acts chapter 17 and verse 26 and 27, we are told this. From one man, he, this is God, made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their, notice this word, appointed, appointed, times in history and the boundaries of their lands. In other words, God picked where you would live and when you would live. God appointed your time and your place. And he did it on purpose, for this purpose. Verse 27 says, for God did this so that they would, notice this, seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though God is not far from any one of us. Now, I know some of us this morning were going, Josh, I don't feel appointed. I feel disappointed. I feel disappointed because I'm missing out on school. Some of you are disappointed because you're missing out on graduations. A good buddy of mine, Daniel, is just finishing up his nursing degree, and he's not able to walk after so much work, and there's disappointment there. I think about some other friends of mine who plan to get married in April, and they're disappointed because they're not sure if they will be able to when they wanted to. And I know some of you are disappointed because you've had to cancel vacations that you've saved up for many months or perhaps years for. Others are disappointed because you can't be near loved ones during this time. 
And there's just a lot of disappointment to go around. And I know that for some of us, we say, I don't feel appointed. I feel disappointed. But I need you to know, friend, Jesus will never disappoint you. And here's why. The word appoint means to elevate or assign to a particular role. Jesus Christ, God himself, has put you in this place and this time for a particular purpose. He has assigned you, elevating you to a particular role today. Disappointment is being removed from your role. And Jesus will never remove you from the role he's given you or the promises he's given you. You cannot be disappointed by God. Now, events and circumstances disappoint us all the time. But God will not and cannot. Here's what this means. If you have confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, putting him on in baptism like Colt did this week, then here's what this means. You have been elevated. You are now a child of God. You are a sibling to Jesus Christ. You are a holy person with a holy purpose. You are a messenger, a missionary. You are on purpose. Because of what Christ did for you, he has appointed each one of us. And you need to know, even in this time, your appointment has not been taken back. He has put you here for a purpose, on purpose. By the way, one other thing that kind of comforts me in all this is that in Acts 17, the fact that God chooses when and where we'll live, it tells me that he's not surprised by what we're facing. But he knows and knew what we'd face. And yet he placed us where he wanted us. For his divine purpose. That's the first thing Jesus has appointed us. Number two, though, Jesus has appointed us, here's very important, to spread hope, not fear. To spread hope, not fear. Uh, I saw this funny illustration earlier this week from a buddy of mine in Nashville named Patrick. He posted, where's Waldo, the social distancing edition? And I love this. You've got Waldo there in the field and there's like nothing else. People are scattered. I would have always found Waldo if that's what it looked like growing up. Now, it's interesting. We're doing all this social distancing. Why? Well, because we don't know who is a carrier of the coronavirus and who is not. In other words, we are uncertain about what we may be carrying. But you need to know something, family. As a Christ follower, we know what we carry. We have been given by Jesus Christ himself hope, not fear, but hope. Now listen, let me be clear. It is okay to be afraid. It is not okay to be controlled by those fears. We have been given him, by him a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind as we talked about last week. So you have been given this job. I've been given this job to spread hope. And I got to tell you, Of all the things we could spread, not just today, but for the rest of our lives, hope is one of the most valuable things because here's the reality. It does not matter what vaccines are found for coronavirus, what treatments are found for cancer, what cures are found for heart disease. It doesn't matter where we go, if we provide food for people, if we provide clothes for people. Everything we give to people on this earth, all the help is temporary. Because even if we do provide healing and help in all these ways, do you understand that eventually every one of us will die? Listen, 100 years from now, I'm not going to be here, and neither are you. 
So what we do today, it matters, but the gifts we give, the things we spread, hope is so important because it does not simply last for this moment, but it fuels us for eternity. You need to know that we all will one day step over to the other side. Did you know that one billion people died across all the wars in human history? That's incredible, isn't it? Six million people die every year. 15 million of them die from heart disease, 10 million of them die from cancer, 15,000 children die every day. This is not because of coronavirus, this is just every day. And 4,000 people die every day from interstate accidents in cars. My point is this, one of the greatest flaws in our thinking is to believe that we will live to be 80, 85, that we will not step across the line to see Jesus Christ. And the reason fear often grips us is because we believe our hope is in today. We've got to find a cure. That's what gives us hope. No, you have been given the hope of Jesus Christ. And if your hope is in Christ, then you have something to share with the world that needs it. Listen, church, we have the ultimate vaccine to the disease that kills 100% of time. What is that disease? It's sin. Yet Jesus Christ gives us hope. In fact, Mark chapter 8, verse 36 says this, What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, meaning to get everything they want, to be healthy, to be happy, to be well, to have beautiful family, great friends, smart kids, What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? In other words, Jesus is saying, if we carry a vaccine for the coronavirus, but we don't bring the vaccine of Jesus into the world, then we do not bring what the world ultimately needs. You have been sent, I have been sent, assigned by Jesus to spread hope, not fear. The world has plenty of fear. We don't need to add to it. So spread fear. You say, well, I don't know how to spread fear. Okay, let me show you how to spread fear. Not, excuse me, (laughs) not that. Let me show you how to spread some hope. Take out your mobile device. And here's your job. You are about to become commissioned by Jesus to be a mobile missionary to share the message of hope with your friends. So here's what I want to ask you to do. Before we're done today, You reach out to five friends. You can pick them from your contacts. Just pick five friends and tell them or ask them two questions. You can text them, call them, do a video chat, but two questions. Number one, ask them, how are you doing? And then listen. How are you doing? Then listen. Listen for what they're saying. What are their emotions? We just heard back from one of our neighbors who said they're doing okay, but their whole family has asthma, so they're kind of nervous about the virus. That tells us what is bothering them and they're afraid of. So now we can pray specifically for them. Because the second question after you say, how are you, is what can I pray for? What can I pray for? So we invite you sometime today, five friends, how are you doing? What can I pray for? How are you doing? What can I pray for? See, you do not have to physically go somewhere else to spread hope to those who need hope. The third thing I want you to see from this is that Jesus has assigned us to spread hope, not fear, but he does it and sends us together. Do you notice in verse 1, he sent them two by two. In other words, no one walks alone. Church, this is a family and I know that we have social distancing, but we do not have to be distant from each other even though we have to practice social distancing. 
right now, I hope, in fact, I know many of you are watching this on one screen and have your small groups gathered together on another screen to be able to share and have communion together. In fact, earlier this week, I saw something that I love. Sherry Moore posted on Facebook this picture of her with her ladies' small group. They were meeting. They were not able to be in person, but they were there together because of the gift of technology. Listen, you don't have to walk alone. If you have an opportunity, connect with someone. Five friends, five buddies. How are you doing? What can I pray for? But the other part to this is there are going to be times where you need help. And in those moments, you are invited to tell your friends, I need help. I'm fearful. I'm concerned. I need to be reminded of the truth of Jesus, the promise of God, and that today is not the end, but there is a tomorrow because as Christians, even the worst thing, I'm going to say this every week, church, even the worst thing is never the last thing. So you give hope, but be willing to receive hope. See, he sends us out two by two. We are never alone. There's one final point. In verse 2, Jesus makes a point that someone recently pointed out to me. You know, often when we talk about prayer for our lost friends, we, we do focus on them. God, please save my friend. Please save my friend. Please continue to pray. But do you notice in verse 2, Jesus says the harvest is ready. People are longing for hope. People are waiting desperately for the vaccine for what really ails them. He said, the problem is not the harvest. The problem is that the workers are too few. And so he says, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Pray to God. Pray to the Father to send workers into the field. I'm not asking you to leave your home. I'm not asking you to do something physically outside necessarily. Although if God calls you to do it, you obey him. I am simply saying that where you are today, God has given you everything you need to fulfill the assignment that he has given you. Verses 4 through 8, actually, Jesus lists things that they are not to carry with them on their trip. Don't take extra food, sandals. Don't take money. You just go. In other words, I've given you what you need for this moment. And when you need something new, I'll give you what you need in that next moment. Well, I'm so glad that you joined with us today. Thank you for being part of this gathering time. I love you. I want you to know that wherever you are, if you have any need, you can reach out to us on the church website or at the church number. Both will be shown here as well. And I just want you to know that we pray for you. God has a plan. God is with us. And I believe that as we walk with him, he will use this crisis to bring many more to his son, Jesus the Christ. Go with God this week. We love you.